Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Here we are, Friday. We made it to another week. That's right. Another eventful week. I well, less it. eventful than last week, but well, still eventful. Still, still eventful. Let's see, the <laughs> uh, President of the United States, the, the only President of the United States to, impe- to be impeached twice. Yep. That's, that's a fairly meaningful week. When you think, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's funny because just before we started to to record here, we were talking about um, backgrounds and such, and I think it's interesting if you watch because I guess of of COVID and people working from home, the uh, but also like the 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 Zoom meeting, the plethora of people who have created backdrops, uh, and I actually had a lunch with someone the other day who told me that his. Um, wife had gone out and gotten a bookcase and filled it with books to make it look good and he calls it his home studio because it's not actually like a living space they just took a wall somewhere and stuck a bookcase up and filled it with books now the individual will remain nameless but um he was uh he's on the news a lot and on a lot of uh of um of shows and Mm -hmm. his uh he says he comes in you know, dressed casually, quickly keeps a shirt and tie in the corner, throws it on so that he can do his bit on whatever newscast he's on and, you know, with the, with the nice background and then uh, goes about his regular life. <laughs> the uh, ultimate Zoom outfit and uh, setup. Yeah, and I wonder sure. if, that's a, if that is a commonplace, if that's a regular thing that people do now is have this, you know, we know they've, that there's been stories about the walls and the books and and um what and people studying the books that are on them but i wonder uh-huh. how many of those are just completely artificial setups i mean to be fair i wish i'd thought of that yeah I mean, you would have done that uh yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> i like it um i mean i redid my whole guest room i mean two reasons one i didn't realize i was gonna be working there for six months um so after month three, we decided, all right, I need a better home office. And then the other part was all my Zoom calls just looked terrible. And I spoke at a virtual conference and everybody had these like fancy backgrounds and I had my plain white wall with my dingy curtains and I was like, I got to, I got to upgrade. <laughs> you got to upgrade. Gotcha. Yeah. So what so do you- one of our, yeah, go. this is random, but I have to mention it. So one of our, um, uh, mutual colleagues acquaintances she um she and her partner had built uh just bought a new house and decorated it and put in this awesome you know home office and i swear less than 12 months later COVID happens and we're on all these zoom calls and she has one of those home offices those backdrops that looks like it could be a home studio it is the coolest looking wallpaper and and she's got two uh brass or gold bookshelves that flank either side of her and she sits square in the middle and there's a cool looking clock and it could be right right out of a movie you know out of a zoom set a zoom studio but it's her real life living room which just makes me I think that's worse because it's worse because you know it's real because isn't it nice to have someone who's being who's who you know at least that's the honesty as opposed to the to the to the the faux faux uh, backdrop, uh, you know, living space. Yes, I'm just jealous. Yeah. That's what it is. It's envy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hopefully, she'll hear this and she'll say, "Ah, oh, now I know." 
So, but it's an interesting point because uh, you're in commercial real estate. So mm-hmm. it is actually an interesting point to talk about what, um, you know, COVID, uh, the vaccine is rolling out, albeit slowly. Um, but I think businesses are starting to think about what, instead of the new normal, I hate that expression, but I use it mm-hmm. a little bit in, in jest, but what tomorrow looks like. Because tomorrow is going to look different than, than, certainly than yesterday and even than today, right? And what is that mm-hmm. going to look like? Will we, will we return to the office? Will there be more home-based working? Will Zoom and Teams take over? My phone doesn't ring anymore. My, my, my desk phone hardly rings. Um, mm-hmm. you know, however, my teens phone, if you will, whatever <laughs> rings all the time, uh, yeah. and the chats and I don't really use a lot of the team rooms so much, but, uh, you know, as, as document storage and what have you, but some people do, um, my cell phone rings all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a combination, my life has become a combination of, of teams, zoom and cell phone. Mm-hmm. And the same way that I stopped having a landline in my house you know, my home years ago. Um, I think that uh, my desk phone in the office is becoming a paperweight. Yeah. I mean, having spent time with you, your phone's computer or either cell phone <laughs> never stop ringing. You're like a little, you like, like a little dog with a charm on its neck. Like I always know when you're around because something, is, something ringing. is ringing. That's very true, <laughs> but it's not my desk phone. And nope, so, and I wonder how that is. So for your clients, do you see, do you see a shift in how they look at, at real estate? Do you think that a shift, a bigger shift is even coming than we, than we're seeing right now? I think if I could accurately answer that question. Well, I hope you can accurately I answer would, the question. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can answer, I can answer it, but where we end up in five years, I mean, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. But the patterns that I've seen, and I have, I have a couple clients who earlier on were very like, we will be in the office. You know, this is like July. So peak COVID, um, we're all still working from home. And they were like, we're getting new office space and it's going to have a seat for everyone and we're all coming back. Now, since then, several people in their office have had COVID, just like everyone else. You know, there's, um, it, so it's, you know, directly impacted them a little bit more. Um, it's gone on a little bit longer and I haven't talked to them in a, a, a couple of months. Um, I, I would be interested to see what their, how their tune has changed or if it, my company, we're all still in the office, but, um, most of the conversations I'm having are about how do we incorporate what we've learned during the pandemic into our future work environment? So a a lot of studies on how to build um, work virtual programs, having positions that are fixed in the office and those that are flexible to be at home and uh, in the office. Most most companies are shifting in some capacity to a hybrid model. There's still something to be said about being in the office, right? It's, 
hard to build a company culture um, and a collaborative environment if you don't have a, a place for people to go and be together in person. You start to lose, I imagine, some of those uh, personal aspects. So the way office space is being used is changing. There's a lot more, and it was shifting this way a little bit, but rather than shifting to work from home and work in the office, it was shifting to a very dense uh, environment. So lots of people in a small space. And then uh, what you were sacrificing from an individual workstation space was you were gaining in, in collaborative and communal spaces. But now people are home and in the office and you're getting the communal spaces and the flexible workspaces, little lounge areas and lots of uh, conference rooms. I mean, I just was on a call yesterday with a client who's looking for a new space, 30,000 square feet, which is a pretty big requirement. And I think we budgeted for 11 conference, like 11 rooms. Yeah. Uh, collaboration spaces. So that's a lot. That's, I mean, that's how it should be. So but. a more collaborative environment for what offices are needed for and the individual work can go on from home or something, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps, and it's about creating an, uh, a workspace that people want to come to. How do you get people, if you wanna create the in-person collaboration and the company culture, how does your office encourage people to come in? What can you offer in the office that you can't get at home? And that's okay. in-person collaboration and communication and social interaction. And So the and tools, so when we talk about things like uh, Zoom and um, Teams, even they can only take us so far in terms of collaboration because as humans, we have, we have that need to, to be around one another. So the mm -hmm. companies that can create space to allow that. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw changes, right? We, you know, in the eighties and into the nineties, we saw the high wall cubes and we saw those high wall cubes start to come down. Right. Yep. And um, because they were, because they were isolating. And, you know, so we started to see a change there and perhaps now we see the change going that much further. Yeah. I think so. I think it's just hard to deny that business has been able to move forward successfully despite a pandemic. Well, For, uh, I mean, uh, certainly industries have been impacted, but people have been able to work successfully from home and get business done. And it, I mean, hard to deny that that happened. It was a forced experiment. Yeah. But it, 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 but it had a, it had, it had monumental impact and changes. Um, Incredible. But it makes me think. So, um, all of this is a preamble to um, asking you a little bit if you've started to read. I know we said we were going to be reading the Charles Duhigg book, The Power mm -hmm. of Habit. Um, and um, one of the things I was thinking about when revisiting the book was the habits that we form. Um, and how the difficulty that people have had with the work from home, oh, I can't get things done because the mental difference of being in the office um, 
and that's not for everybody, but for some people, uh, and likewise, businesses who feel like their people need to be in the office because if they're not sitting at their desk where they can see them, then they must not be working. Um, mm-hmm. But how the interplay of that with habit as a, as a, as a concept, you know, mm-hmm. and, and does environment have an impact on, on, on habit? I mean, uh- Absolutely. I personally am one of those people that pre-COVID was like, no way I could work from home. I will never get anything done. I'll just do laundry or play with my dogs or sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you do all day? <laughs> don't tell anyone, but. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I mean, you know, so I had to work from home. And like I said, at the beginning of this, I was working in my dingy guest room, like crammed into a corner. Um, but I didn't have a choice. I mean, I was in the office on a Thursday, supposed to go speak at a conference. The conference got canceled. So I went to Colorado to ski, which is where my husband was, and was there for, I don't know, I was there long enough to buy boots. And then the next morning we drove to the slopes and there's a big highway road sign that says, governor order, all, all ski resorts are closed. And I was like, what the hell? I thought this thing was fake. Uh. <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, so anyway, I, I fly home. I'm in the office on a Thursday, and I thought, I don't know, this is getting people are starting to freak out. So I took home some of my work stuff, uh, like a this office chair and a anyway, uh, and I took home my work phone, which never ended up working at home. Uh, and the next day, all the offices were closed and you couldn't go in anywhere. And you just had to figure it out. And so I was wildly productive when I was forced to be. <laughs> ah, okay. So your so your so your the your preconceived notions that all you're gonna do is sleep and do laundry, um, maybe were not actually the fact of the matter in the end of the day. Did you did did you create habits did you did you force yourself into routines did you take any of those kinds of steps yeah and it's funny now that you're saying all of this and I've read some of this book yeah I mean one of the things I did that was really important to me was to wear real pants every day like bit buttoned because I heard about all these stretchy pants and you know this zoom outfit that everyone was talking about and I said that sounds like a very slippery slope so I'm gonna put on a blouse and real pants the button every day okay so dressing so a bit pavlovian dressing for the part puts you in the work mode i guess so i didn't think about it i was thinking more about gaining weight to be quite frank and if i wasn't wearing pants and buttons then it was <laughs> that was good and the covid 15 was gonna happen <laughs> uh, it was more like a covid 19 <laughs> <laughs> You know, but yeah, now, I mean, in hindsight, yes, that was clearly a habit that I made. And I walked upstairs, you know, every day. Um, I took one of my dogs with me because he loved, I don't know, he loved it being in that room. And um, I was up there by 8.15. I mean, I normally would have a 50-minute commute minimum to work. So I'm waking up at the same time, but now instead of driving, I just walk upstairs and now you know they're getting 50 minutes extra work out of me and then I sat there and I didn't have anyone to water cooler talk with so that didn't happen 
So I just worked. Um, and I had to, I, you know, now I'm realizing what was happening. I had these habits that I was reprogramming for myself or recreating. Um, and I worked, you know, 8.15 to 6.30 or 7 every day. And I never left my office. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I was kind of, I, that's what I was curious to, to get your thought on a little bit. Um, so you started reading the book um, and uh, you, you recognize this, this science in, 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 in forming habits, good, bad, or indifferent, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't gone back and thought about all these other things in my life, like thinking about COVID. That was, I mean, you mentioning that, that's a, that was a big one. Um, yeah. You know, right. I've thought about some others, but wow. I mean, that just like blew my own mind right now. <laughs> oh, so I did my I job mean, today. I did my did. job, Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, what, did you find that you had new habits or... I mean, what was your take on it? Yeah. Uh, well, so when we started going down, when this first all transformed, uh, one of the most interesting things for me, besides my sort of um, uh, daily 31-minute uh, phone call, was a second one like that. So uh, I had a client who I uh, worked with. Uh, they were gathering in the office every day before COVID, Right. And then I would have these calls with them a couple of times a week and catch up on where things were. And then they decided to start when after COVID and everyone's working from home, they decided to start having a morning meeting every morning, uh, basically on the, on the sort of um, the, the leader of that team likes my 31 minute, you know, one minute for bullshit, 30 minutes to get, to, to get things done uh, idea. And so started holding those those calls every day, um, they were not reporting calls. They weren't calls where people were, you know, reading stuff off that you could otherwise get from uh, an email or from a report. You know, it was more of a get together, what's going on, what's on your plate that you need help with or that you feel needs to, is value for the conversation. Right, and if there was no value to the, to to it, you didn't have any expectation to talk. So basically, I would almost say agenda less, more um, this catch up call. Uh, it worked brilliantly. I was invited to participate. I got closer with that team because of this change than mm-hmm. it was when I was invited to than when they were gathering in the office. And I was invited twice a week to a call, uh, you know, which was more of a reporting call. This was a every morning, have this call, you know, what everyone was working on, where they needed, in terms of where they needed help, where they needed the group dynamic involved. And everyone went about their day. Um, so successful, so helpful, um, mm. very transformative, um, and really built my relationship with that team too, which I thought was, you know, excellent. Uh, something I, I uh, saw a lot of value in and very, and very different. But, you know, other habits for me um, were once I was doing that, I was at my desk. I was there. I was now, I was now working. Yeah. 
right? Because that got my, that kind of kicked my day in. And I always had certain habits about my coffee and my whatever first thing, but that got, that got the, the day really started. Um, I had often found that I didn't, the first thing in the morning, I didn't want to wake up and start reading email. Because if I do that, then that would send me down rabbit holes. So I would, so I have my little habits. I've talked about them before. Like I like to get up. I like to read this uh, uh, one of several newsletters, but one in particular I, I like to read um, called The Morning Brew. Um, it has a variety of things I can digest relatively quickly. And um, it's not, it's not reading the actual newspaper, which I do t tend to read online or, or like to pay attention to, but I don't like to make that my first thing habit. This is, this works for me. I read this, I get a little snapshot on the day. I have my morning coffee. I have that, that 31 minute phone call. And now the day can get started. And I'm in, my brain is in work mode. My brain has turned itself into the, the productive part of my day to some extent. Yeah. And so, that, yeah, go ahead. That, that, well, I'm just thinking, um, a lot of what you said, I think is kind of similar to, I, I guess my morning routine. I've always thought, and again, I never was able to tie this back to habit because I don't know, I guess I never read this book and you hadn't asked me that question. Um, but I, I've always said, if I can schedule a meeting first thing in the morning, eight, eight thirty, nine, my, the rest of my day is so much more productive versus if I come in and my first meeting isn't until 11, then I'm kind of putzing, you know, I'm checking emails and doing other things, but it's like something about having a meeting, being accountable to another person just kickstarts everything, just puts me into focus mode instantly. And same thing with having a, a full schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just, uh, but the meeting thing is I think a habit. So I don't feel like maybe, maybe that's a cue for me. Having a meeting is my cue that sets off this routine of being really focused at work. And then my reward is, I don't know what my reward is. Feeling well, accomplished, a paycheck, who knows. Yeah, but that trigger, that's, I mean, that's what he yeah. spends a lot of time talking about in the book is the, is the, is the trigger. So if that meeting or what have you is the trigger that gets, that gets the other piece of the process going. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, it seems like, I mean, this is just putting so much, so many things in focus right now, but a lot of teams, a lot of companies have uh, daily stand-up calls, you know, at 9 a.m. or 8.30 a.m. They meet every morning. They check in with their team 15, 30 minutes, and then they get on with their day. This has got to be why. Because it right? makes, well, again, I think <laughs> that as opposed to the scheduled reporting meeting where everyone goes around the room and I, I hate reporting meetings. I absolutely despise them. If, if I can read it for myself, then don't, you don't need to read it to me. You don't need right. to tell me it. Let, just send me, the, send me the email and let me read it and be caught up, right? I, uh, it can be an email. It should be. Exactly. It certainly shouldn't be uh, um, taking a meeting time. Meeting time, to your point about earlier about collaboration, meeting time should be about, hey, I have this issue. I need help on solving it or I need your feedback on it. That's what it's for. It's not to 
It's not to tell me something, it's to ask me something. It's to collaborate, it's to work together towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when a meeting works. Um, so on a check-in meeting, like you said, like a, like a check-in meeting works, again, if like, hey, here's what I'm working on where I need some help, right? Not, let me tell you the, let me tell you the quarterly numbers. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds awful. I think you know the office space. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, obviously, a meeting should be productive, but I wonder if there's something to that. That something about meeting with someone else is a trigger or a cue that sets off a, another habit. Um, and Which, since I since we've been reading, I've been thinking about the day uh, like the current, my current habits and that I have, or that my husband has, or my dogs have. And, but I haven't thought about it in hindsight. Okay. Explain. I'm, I want to make sure I'm with well, you. This. Like, so you're seeing, so you're thinking about the habits like that you're living with, but not, not the ones that have become already ingrained in you. Well, the ones that I'm, that I've recognized like today that I'm doing since I've been reading the book, what are the habits I currently have, but thinking back to wearing pants that buttoned during COVID. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that was a habit. I did it. I did it the whole time, the whole first time we were home. And then I went back to work for like five weeks. And then I came home again and I was like, the world is ending and this is awful. And I'm wearing stretchy pants and sweatshirts every day. And I fully embraced the zoom outfit, the like a fancy blouse and, Okay. You know, pajama shorts and socks and sandals. I mean, it was full on. But you want to go back to the, you want to go back to the one, to the, if you have to go back home again, you want to go back to the, to the first time, not the second, the one where you, where you you dress the part fully. Yeah. Where I had structure and I felt, um, I mean, it was obviously all of this is me processing it in hindsight, but I had structure. I had a routine. I felt more comfortable I didn't feel like the world was ending. Whereas the second time I had to go home, it felt a lot more unstable. Even though we were more um, familiar with the pandemic, the second time we went home, it had been around, we knew kind of what was going on. Um, Whereas the first time, every time I talked to someone, they were like, well, let's talk in two weeks. The government was like, in two weeks, we'll address our shutdown in two more weeks. Everything was moving in two-week increments, but it felt more uh, stable, I guess. And I think that the habits and the routine are part of that. So, well, I think if you have a two-week, if you putting putting, and I think if you putting blocks, right? A two-week is a block. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, so if you say, oh, you know, like either things are going to get better, or we're going to revisit this in two weeks. When you put a block around things, that has a that has one of the scientific pieces of the habit because you know these small successes these small pieces so the increment is small then the result of what you're going to do is you know it all works together yeah if it seems like it's forever if there's if it's infinity and beyond and we don't know when it's going to end then it becomes very hard to build the habit around it because it it doesn't feel so concrete Mm. Right? That's a good point. It doesn't yeah. feel like it has, like, it, it, I think we appreciate in habit building and anything else, we appreciate 
the start and the finish. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know when something's going to end, then there's no finish in sight. Whether the fiction, the, the finish is, is, is fictional or not, right? Clearly two weeks didn't solve for COVID, right? Two months didn't solve for COVID, you know, um, hopefully it won't take two years, but, uh, you know, um, but when you put um, something finite out there, then it, it, it helps you build routine and do the things you do within that period of time. Mm. At least does the book, I haven't gotten that. I mean, does the book mention this too, or is this all your own brainchild? Cause it's pretty. I, I think insightful. Well, I think it's because I've, I've gone back to this book, but I also read Atomic Habits. Um, okay. And in a, and Atomic Habits is an interesting book because he takes this book. He takes the he starts out by telling you he's taking the Charles Duhigg book that we're reading, and he applies it. So he tells you he's taking the science that Charles Duhigg un, unpacks for us, and then he uh, is applying it to his life, and he's showing you how. An, an atomic sized habit, this smallest little change that you can make, atomic sized molecule can have profound impact. And I always felt that that small change, because it was something that you could start and finish the change so quickly. So I felt like there's, there is a time element to all of this. Mm. And I do think that's how we, how we see things. Um, the same way we look for, we look for immediate success. And he talks about that a bit. Um, if you can't measure it, if you can't see the impact, then, it don't, then you don't feel like it's worth doing. Then you don't feel like you, you have to measure in small enough chunks that you can, that you can feel and notice the, the change. If you went on a diet and you didn't see an impact on the diet, if the diet took a year to happen and all of a sudden it happened overnight in a year, you probably wouldn't do it because getting on that scale and seeing the change is what motivates you partially to continue down the, the path. Whereas if you didn't see a change, if nothing changed, you'd say, why the hell am I doing this? You'd say, no, 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 you got to do it for a year. And on the 366th day, suddenly you're going to weigh 20 pounds less. No one would believe you because they don't see the impact. So I think yeah. that, Time has, a, has an element to impact that you have to be able to measure it. You have to be able to see the impact, feel it. That's why they talk about small habits, have these small, easy to make changes have dramatic impact because we can, we can feel it. We can measure it. We can see it as a start and a finish. I think one of the frustrations with COVID is now is it's never going to end. And that drives people that nuts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all, all of this is, uh, this has been a, like a very sort of mind blowing conversation for me. Um, putting a lot of things in, into perspective and making a lot of connections. And so what you just said, one of the biggest challenges in probably in any sales environment, but particularly with, you know, in my industry in commercial real estate and tenant representation is it's hard everything is hard, but it's such a long sales cycle. So when you're getting started in the business, when, when I'm recruiting and talking to people, I try to be real transparent. I don't know if it's always the best recruiting tool, but 
you know, I say minimum three years until you start to see results. And that is an eternity. Yeah. So you and always in year two, there's a ton of burnout and you have to figure out how to get past it. And most people don't. Um, but that just like what you said, if I told you you were going to lose 20 pounds in a year, no one would do it. Well, I'm telling you, if you can stick to it for five years, you'll probably, you'll be making, you know, well over six figures. If you can stick to it for 10 years, you'll make it, you know, the sky's the limit Mm -hmm. and that's forever. So I have managed to get it down to three years, but it's three years of a whole bunch of work and basically no reward. And then you'll start to see a little bit of a payoff. Yeah. So you need to find a way to change. I think if you can find a way to show incremental value that they can actually measure in, in, in near term, you might see a, you might see a dramatic impact. Yeah. I think I've, I've come up with a couple of ways. I've just never put it into this context. You know, what are small measurable chunks and the immediate impact I've done things like bonuses for setting meetings so that there's some, you don't have to wait until a deal closes because it takes you 12 months to chase a deal. Then it usually takes 12 months to get paid on a deal. So you're looking at a 24 month period on average until you get paid. That's not to say that there aren't companies that I've been had developed a relationship with for the last six years and still nothing, but um, you know, what, what, how can you find the wins and not lame wins? Like, Oh, look, I made all 200 calls this week. That no. sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, that has to be a, a, but that gets back into the gaming ideas too, which we haven't talked about yet, but maybe we'll talk about next week is a little bit of when you game, when you, when you game something so that you can get those measurable little, little wins uh, mm-hmm. through, through, through a, through creating a gaming environment around something. But yeah. In any event, Elizabeth, um, I love our conversations. I appreciate them. Uh, I hope that you have an amazing weekend. Thank you. Me too. I'm always sad when they end. It seems so fast. When our 31 minutes comes to, to, comes to an end? Yeah. Maybe I, we should I, make it 62 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Everyone would hate us. <laughs> they, might, they might say it's too long of a call. Yeah, but yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Mark. Have a good weekend. You too.